0: I greet you in the high and holy name of Jesus Christ, our crucified and risen Lord. Our scripture lessons for the morning, one verse from the Old Testament, the psalmist, and then three verses from Paul's letter to the Philippians. And if you're able, I invite you to stand for the reading of God's holy and inerrant word. First, from Psalm ninety verse 12 teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are help us to spend them as we should psalm 90:12 from the living bible translation and then from paul's letter to the philippians chapter 1 verse 3 st paul wrote i thank my god every time i remember you In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated and let us pray. Take my lips and speak through them. Take our thoughts and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. Unless you speak, nothing of significance will be spoken Give us your word, Lord Jesus. Amen. Years ago, the country music group Alabama put out a song that describes the lifestyle of too many Americans. The words of the refrain are these, I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really got to do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry and don't know why. Time is our most precious resource, more than our money. Now, most days, I think you would agree, we could probably describe them as routine, not different from many other days. However, every day is unique and irreplaceable and unrepeatable. God in His grace has given us all the same amount of time, 24 hours a day. Rich and poor, Americans and otherwise, 24. The quality, the joy, the impact of our lives depend directly on how wisely we use the time we've been given. This does not mean we have to hurry and hustle. The Bible never says that Jesus rushed anywhere. Check your Gospels and you will never find it. He was usually busy, but he found time to pray. Indeed, he sometimes went out before dawn to a lonely place to pray. He walked almost everywhere he went. His total ministry to save the world was accomplished in three short years. But in those three years, he found time to play with children, to investigate a fig tree, to take a nap one day on a boat ride, to rest at noon beside a well, and to attend a wedding reception. The Bible does not say, if you hurry, you can catch up with God. No. The Bible says, be still or cease your strivings. And know that I am God. Jesus did not say, if you sign up with me, I'll work you 18 hours a day. No. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So this morning, I want to offer three biblical words for managing time well. The first is purpose. Purpose. Living without a purpose is unhealthy and even dangerous. You probably know from the papers that the top killers of young Americans today are opioids and narcotics. Why are so many young Americans ordering online drugs, many of them laced with fentanyl, and killing themselves? It's because many of them are trying to prop up their lives because they don't have a purpose or don't know a good one. Recent polls have shown that three out of five high school girls in America reported feelings of persistent sadness and hopelessness. Think of that. Three out of five of our high school girls. That's a majority. What's the cure for that? Well, Today, our youth need to hear the Bible's message about their worth and God's purpose for them. I can sum up that message rather briefly. Your worth has nothing to do with your looks or your IQ or TikTok's standards. Your worth was established by God when He made you in His own image. That means nobody is an accident. Nobody is a mistake. You've got a purpose in God's plan that is unique to you and is irreplaceable. And when Jesus died on a cross, your name was written on that cross. Therefore, he declared you are priceless. Therefore, hold your head up high and live out your purpose. Each of us Christians has both a primary purpose and a specialized purpose. Our primary purpose is shared by all Christians And it was declared well by St. Paul in his letter to the Ephesians where he wrote, Speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. And St. Peter gave us a similar challenge when he wrote, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So every Christian's primary purpose is to know Christ, to grow in Christ, And to glorify Christ. Our specialized purpose depends on which spiritual gifts we've been given. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul listed some of those gifts like leadership, servanthood, healing, teaching. Actually, there are countless spiritual gifts. Uh, Each person has a special personalized set of gifts. And your particular set is unique to you. The purpose of all these gifts that we've been given is the same. To build up the church. Uh, St. Paul wrote, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit, that is our gifts, spiritual gifts, is given for the common good, that is the good of the church. Do you know at least one spiritual gift you have? And if you do, are you using it? for your church. The TV journalist Charlene hunter Galt recalls from the early days of the civil rights movement uh, that uh, she was part of the Atlanta student movement which was led by a woman named Ruby Doris Smith and one day they were holding a sit-in demonstration at a lunch counter in Atlanta and the students there at the counter were surrounded by a, a hostile group shouting vile names at them threatening them some of the students wanted to retaliate but Ruby Daris kept walking down the line whispering to those students don't forget why you're here don't forget why you're here That's great advice for a Christian anywhere, anytime. Don't forget why you're here. Our primary purpose is to know Christ, to grow in Christ, and to glorify Christ. Notice there are three parts to that primary purpose. I want you to repeat each one after me. First, to know Christ, to grow in Christ, and to glorify Christ. Once you know your purpose, then you're ready for a second key word, and that is priority. Priority. And it just means knowing which things are more important, which are less important. And, you know, once we know our purpose, that should shape our priorities because Jesus said, Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. You're all familiar with the name Charles Schwab probably because... That name is synonymous with an international investment firm. But the first Charles Schwab founded the Bethlehem Steel Corporation in 1904. And he hired a consultant, a man named Ivy Lee. And he gave him this challenge. Show me a way to get more things done with my time. And if you do, I will pay you what I think it's worth. Within one week... Ivy Lee brought him a suggestion just one paragraph long this is what it said write down the most important task you have to do tomorrow number them in order of importance when you arrive in the morning begin at once on number one and stay on it until it is completed then recheck your priorities then start on number two and then on number three Make this a habit every working day. Pass it on to those under you. Try this suggestion for a while and then send me a check for what you think it is worth. Charles Schwab followed that suggestion. And within five years, Bethlehem Steel Corporation was the largest independent steel producer in the world. And in gratitude, he sent Ivy Lee a check for $25,000. Now, a hundred years ago, 25000 was a whole lot more than it is today. He attached a note saying, this is the most profitable suggestion I have ever received. It was simply a lesson about priorities. Knowing which things are more important and less and acting accordingly. When our priorities are not healthy and clear, you know what happens to us? We end up attempting more things than we can do well and that causes stress lots of it now setting priorities is tough because you got to say no to some things and that's not not easy you got to say no to some things so that you can say yes to the best things I had a member in a former church named Mac and he was uh, he sang in one of our choirs and he was in retail sales he was good at it so A company attempted to hire Mac. Uh, The boss uh, asked to speak with him, conduct an interview. And the boss asked him, uh, Mac, how flexible are you with your hours? And Mac said, I'm very flexible, except before 11 o'clock on Sunday morning and after 6 p.m. on Tuesday night. The boss was curious. He said, why those restrictions? Mac said, I sing in a choir in the early service at my church. And Tuesday evening is when my choir practices. The boss hired Mac. Evidently, he was pleased that Mac's priorities were so clear and so healthy. Jesus made an interesting comment about priorities in John chapter 15. He seemed to be talking about a grapevine, but it was really about people. Jesus said... Every branch that bears fruit, he, God, prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Now, the expert vine growers tell me that every healthy vine keeps growing year after year. But unless that vine has intensive pruning, it will gradually produce less and less fruit. Well, the same principle applies to people. We have to prune our commitments and our activities so that we will actually be more productive. Most of us are spread too thinly because we hate to make tough decisions about priorities. One day, a farmer's wife had a sudden heart attack and and died that same day. Her husband, the farmer, was a closed mouthed, hard working kind of guy. And prior to the funeral, he went to the pastor and handed him a shabby little book. And he said, uh, Pastor, uh, this is a book of poems that my wife really liked. And I want you to read one of them in her service. She always wanted us to read them together. But you know how it is on a farm. There are always so many things to do that I never got around to it. And then he hesitated for a few moments and then added this. But I just got to thinking, you don't get it into your head what time is really for until it's too late, do you? That farmer was speaking a wise word about priorities and how essential it is that we establish ours before it's too late. Now once your purpose and your priorities in order you're ready for the third time management word which is plan. P L A N plan. I'll always be grateful to a Methodist layman who taught me this lesson. He who fails to plan plans to fail. And Paul gave very similar advice to the Ephesians when he wrote be very careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity. Back when I was in college, I had a hard time meeting deadlines. I would be late on a term paper and I just didn't seem to have enough time to get things done. So, I went to my faculty advisor for some advice and he gave it. He gave me 14 copies of a time chart that listed the hours of the day from 8 a.m. until 10 p.m. And he challenged me at the end of each day for two weeks to fill out the time chart, how I had used the hours of that day. Before five days were through, I was shocked at what I was discovering. I was discovering that I had way more time than I thought I had because a whole lot of that time was just being frittered away. So I began a lifetime habit of one of the last things I do before I go to bed at night is to have a list for the next day, a plan. And uh, I challenge you to do that. You can, you can put it on your smartphone or you can do it the way I do, the old-fashioned way, and just make out a list. Uh, I challenge you to do it, except when you're on vacation or on Sundays. Make a list to guide you, because every 24-hour period is precious and unrepeatable the psalmist expressed this truth with his wonderful prayer teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are help us to spend them as we should now did you notice there that the bible says number our days not our months not our years our days that's the way the bible tells us to live in daytight compartments you know, seldom does God reveal a 10-year plan for us. I know, I've asked numerous times, Lord, give me the 10-year plan. That'll just simplify my life. The Lord keeps saying, no, son. I want you to, I want you to take one day at a time. I want you, as St. Paul said, to live by faith rather than by sight. And you know, One of the reasons God won't give us a 10-year plan, God wants us to be surprised uh, by His goodness. uh, To greet each day afresh, open to what He may do. And you know something, if we had a 10-year plan, wouldn't we live in dread of the bad things that are up ahead? And it would steal much of the joy from the good things that are in our path. I'm so glad the Lord won't give us A 10 year plan, even though I'm tempted to ask from time to time. And guess what? None of us ever writes the final chapter of our lives. That's in the hands of God. You who are familiar with the game of baseball know that there's a designated pitcher called the closer. And this is a guy who usually has a blazing fastball, and they bring him in in the last inning or two to seal the victory, to close out. He's the closer. I like to think that God is our great closer. God completes our earthly story and then escorts us across the great divide into the full realization of eternal life. In fact, Paul expressed it this way to the Philippians. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Isn't that good to know? We don't have to close it out. The Lord will do that. And He's going to say an amen when He's through with each of us. Across these 50-so years of ministry, I have had the privilege of uh, knowing some magnificent Christians. But if I had to nominate one for sainthood, it would be a lady named Pauline Horde. I got to know her when she was 87 years old member of my church in Memphis. Uh, Pauline was an amazing combination of personal piety and social concern. And also what a prayer warrior. Whenever I had a real prayer concern, first person I contacted was Pauline. Until she retired, she was a public school teacher putting in about 30 years in the public schools. And then when she retired from that, she took on a new career. She worked three days a week teaching illiterate people to read and write. And she gave one day each week to driving 100 miles south of Memphis to the Parchman State Prison in Mississippi. To teach prisoners how to read and write. And in between the literacy lessons, she also shared the love and the gospel of Christ. Now, you may remember that when George H.W. Bush was president, he instituted a program called Thousand Points of Light. He welcomed nominations from across the country of people who gave themselves voluntarily in service to their fellow man. And my predecessor at Christ Church, Memphis, Maxie Dunham, nominated Pauline Horde. And she, along with six other people from western Tennessee, uh, were selected. President Bush sent a letter to them saying that he planned to be in Memphis on a certain day and invited them to have lunch with him and receive their award. President Bush made a mistake. He scheduled a visit on a Wednesday. That was the day Pauline went to Parchman Prison. So Pauline wrote a letter to the president and said, Dear President Bush, I thank you so much for the award, but I will be unable to join you for the lunch because I have a prior commitment. Now, what does that tell you about Pauline? Tells you that she knew her purpose, She had established her priorities, and she was working her plan. Pauline reminds us, you you don't have to be like the person the Alabama uh, group sang about. I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really got to do is live and die, and I'm in a hurry, and I don't know why. The cure for the hurry disease is to know your purpose, Establish your priorities and work your plan. And to God be the glory. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Let us pray. Oh Lord, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Amen.